Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sphere of Netflix. The good, the bad, and the even worse. My name is Wolf Flig. My name is Barrett Fagan. And today we are watching the Netflix original, Naked. Have you ever wanted Groundhog Day, but worse, unfunny, and written recently? Well, this movie is perfect for you. Mr. Rob Anderson is a substitute teacher, which we meet as the first shot of the film. Now, he's an English teacher in New York and is discussing with his kids which is better, Holden Caulfield's Catcher in the Rye or Lord of the Flies, and which he sides with Lord of the Flies. But beside the point, this substitute teacher is pretty cool with the kids. He's like any substitute teacher, calling one of his kids a virgin until he's 35. Interesting. And so I don't remember any sub that would actually do such a thing, but he was offered a full-time gig because he has such a way with children. Now, that's the case if I'm ever thinking about one. Oh, yeah. I mean, his way with children is certainly interesting. He acts more as if they put a student in charge of the classroom or a TA that's the same age as all the kids was teaching a lecture. Um, it, was, it was an interesting choice by the staff. Little, little weird, but we'll, we'll give it to Mr. Anderson. He, he's he's going to be a full teacher now. So after being offered this job, he actually declines because he does have a wedding tomorrow. We learn Mr. Anderson is about to have a Mrs. Anderson in his life, and there's a cut scene as he's running through the airport, tripping over bags, flopping better than Neymar, staying on the ground for only a couple of seconds before getting up, bumping into more people, etc. But he ends up finally making it to the terminal, but the doors are closed. He completely missed the flight. And he makes a weird announcement. He says, hello, everybody. I will do unexplicable, dirty things to try to get a ticket. I will give you whatever you want. I'm going to my hands there. and knees doing the dirtiest of gigs. Anything that you want to get me onto this plane right now. Bro really doesn't want to miss this flight. He's, he's putting it all on the line. So, of course, from the corner, we hear a woman's voice say, How? How dirty? How far are you willing to go? How dirty will you get for this plane ticket? In which he strides over with the saunter of a 13-year-old boy and starts making out with this woman. Now, Speaking of 13-year-old boys, I'm fairly certain that the entire director's cast of screenwriters were roughly around the age of 13. We'll just let their interns write most of this script. So he saunters over with swagger and starts making out with this woman. Interesting. I didn't realize that a man could be so impure the day before his wedding, but it turns out that's his wife. And she got his texts and she booked the next flight out. Which is pretty bad, considering they made out in front of children in an airport. Oh, oh, oh. The PDA I thought was gross, but don't worry, it gets much, much, <laughs> much worse as the movie progresses. It, it gets pretty poor, indeed. And then, addition, we learn that his wife is, quote-unquote, the best doctor in the entire galaxy, even if they do have doctors on other planets, etc., yada, yada, yada. And while they're talking, they're pacing back and forth inside this terminal, essentially walking in a circle as the casting cr- like crew has no other background for them. So this entire, I'd say, five-minute conversation consists of nothingness and a background full of nothingness. I'm very confused as to why this amazing doctor who's fairly attractive is mirroring Mr. Anderson. He doesn't seem to be offering much. 
He has the humor of roughly a 12-year-old boy. He's a substitute teacher. I mean, he, he doesn't seem very smart or, like, funny in the slightest. He might be offering something that we don't know about because <laughs> otherwise there is no way they're getting married. Mm-hmm. He must be packing all of his luggages incorrectly because he also forgot his wedding ring. And so it flashes to the next scene in which they're in their place. Where are they, where are they in Florida? Or they're in New York. Yeah. They land in New York and they're ready to have their wedding and they meet their grandparents for a wedding recital. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were Megan's father, I would also be very skeptical of how Rob Anderson is going to take care of my daughter because honestly, it's not looking too good for him so far. It only gets worse and worse as we see Mr. Anderson is completely and utterly unprepared. It seemed as if the only thing he had to do was manage himself and show up. And he has already messed both of those up and continues to ruin every aspect of this wedding up until the actual. So for the wedding recital, we learn not only did he skip dance lessons, which are essential to the after party after the wedding. considering that Mr. Anderson is one of the worst dancers we've seen in a film Mm -hmm. ever, maybe. He didn't write any vows, proclaiming he was just going to, quote unquote, wing it. The most important sayings you might ever tell your soon-to-be spouse. And he also does not have the rings. Yeah, I don't know how he could have messed up this bad. I mean, he literally had four tasks. Get there. Don't look like an idiot on the dance floor. Write the vows and be prepared and have the rings. And say I do. We have no rings. We have no vows. Man is awful at dancing. And I'm confused on how he doesn't have the time to do any of this considering that he is a substitute teacher. Like, like his wife is putting in all this work. She, she did everything perfectly, and she's a doctor. Bro watches after little kids. He's basically a daycare assistant. Yeah, she's out of his league. In addition, we learn that Megan's boyfriend arrives in a Lamborghini. He's an entrepreneurial businessman who makes millions every month and obviously is favored by Mr. Swoop, Megan's father. We don't know what he really does. I mean, we just know entrepreneur, Lambo, rich, money, haha, look cool. Indeed. Also, we're just going to talk about Mr. Swoop, Allstate. Are you in good hands? Same actor. Uh, It was pretty interesting because his smooth voice. I thought the voice was intriguing. It kept me on my toes. I mean, he's supposed to be kind of a bad guy for hating... uh, or Mr. Anderson so much. But I would but, hate him too. But I, I, I would hate him too. But I mean, throughout the entire film, whenever he talked, I just, just felt this level of comfort that I was completely insured that this movie was not going to be complete ass. Mm-hmm. So after he meets Cody, the Lambo entrepreneur guy, he sees his mess, best man, Benny, and he says, what's one drink going to do? So they have one drink, boom, flashback the next morning, Man wakes up in an elevator. Now, not only is this elevator broken and people are trying to open it, he is butt, he is naked in this elevator. He is booty butt naked in a broken elevator by himself. How do we end up here? We do not know. And he calls Benny soon after all the stumbling around trying to get some type of clothes. He calls Benny from the hotel. Benny says the ceremony just started. He's at the wrong hotel in New York, about 20 blocks away, and he needs to get to his wedding in less than an hour. Yeah, it, it's not looking good. 
literally the only thing that he could do right after all of the mistakes he's made is at least show up and say I do. And I don't I don't I don't think he's going to make it. It's not looking good for him. He, he tries to run and it turns out there's a marathon outside, a very famous one. And because he is naked and he runs through the marathon to try to I don't know, get away into his wedding, he is tackled by police, arrested and interrogated as a public offender with many sexual assault crimes. And because of this public defamation, I guess, of himself, he is interrogated by police and he gets one call from his cell, which he calls Megan. He says, I love you. But then he hears some church bells ringing. And then all of a sudden he's transported back to this elevator. I don't know how, I don't know why, but he's back in the elevator. He wakes up. Same thing happens. Opens up the doors. Two women scream. One guy takes a picture. The elevator repairmen are astonished that he's in there naked. And so he runs around and he just tries to get out just like again. He does different things. And he's very confused. He calls Megan. He's like, Benny, are you still there? Megan, are you still there? And they're like, yeah, we just got here. Ceremony just started. You need to come. And so he's like, okay, sure. I'll try to get a bike or whatever to ride over there. And so he tries to steal a motorcycle bike, but unfortunately he fails. And he's wearing a pink, what is it, leotard kind of? Yeah, I don't know. Like the entire film, he keeps trying to find clothes, but the only like items of clothing he finds are the most ridiculous like bullshit we've ever seen. Like I, I can't imagine that it'd be hard to find a pair of shorts or boxers, but no, a pink leotard, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm, indeed. I, the whole thing is that like, oh, like... He had drinks. Now he's waking up blacked out in an elevator. I'm fairly certain that's what the screenwriting cast did the night before writing this. They literally just said, oh, it's going to be Groundhog Day, but naked Naked. and with a wedding. It's a mix of that. If you combine The Hangover and Groundhog Day, you get this atrocity of a movie. Anyways, so after he tries to steal the bike, the biker gang pulls up. They say, what are you doing? And they make him eat change. (sighs) Okay. You, you heard that right. We're just, yeah, he eats a couple, yeah. <laughs> and then they make him dance because he needs to prove that it's his wedding, but he says he didn't actually show up for the dance. And, of course, the dance is, like, the most essential part of the reception. So they, you know, get mad at him, whatever. They start dancing, and then he gets a ride, and he crashes a bike, which sends him into an ambulance because he hit concrete at 40 miles per hour and is only concussed. Yes, you heard me. He hit concrete, a concrete wall at 40 miles per hour and is only concussed. Bro was whipping like Henry Ruggs down that freeway, slams into that concrete, and bro only has a concussion. So he wakes up in an ambulance. He's on drugs, and he jumps out, and he's right in front of the church. He walks up to the church. Again, he's in this pink thing, and he sees Cody. And... It turns out he doesn't just have a concussion. His complete left arm is completely broken and disabled, but he can't feel it because, you know, he is, I don't know, subconscious, I guess, right now. He can't really feel anything. He's on so many drugs. And so Cody wants to ruin the wedding, so he's like, all right, yeah, just go inside, go inside, et cetera, and then reset again, just like that. So now we've got a compilation. How are we going to get a suit? And so he tries to get pants from a trolley that passes by in the hotel, Gets it, gets on a weird suit, goes in the ambulance, goes to church, but his pants are tight. He looks really bad, 
Megan walks down the aisle. His jacket's too tight. Really bad is an understatement. It looks like he picked out a child's suit. It looks like he borrowed a suit from one of his children that he teaches at school. Yes. Bro is absolutely fitted out in this children's attire, trying to pull up to his wedding in an ambulance. Mm -hmm. And so her dad, Mr. Swoop, justifiably so, throws him out of the church. And I think this montage is actually pretty good following that because you see him walking into the church with different outfits that he's trying. And each one he's getting thrown out of the church until eventually he's like, Mr. Swoop, what do I need to do? I, I need to know. And Mr. Swoops, you know how hard it is to be a husband. You have to work long hours, no overtime, no summers off, etc. Showing how hard it is to be a husband. And Mr. Swoop promises exact things to his wife before she died. And so it was, like, really essential to him, I guess. And so now, you know, Rob is trying to find different ways to get a suit. And you know who has the same body size as him? Cody. Oh, Lord. So the obnoxious ex-boyfriend, ex-machina, here to save the day. Mm-hmm. So he arrives to church, and then he would smash the Lambo's window, attracting Cody. And then he would fight Cody. So he'd, like, throw a left jab, and then Cody would beat him. And then it reset. And so eventually, after like 50 tries, he memorized the exact, I guess, fighting style of Cody. And he was able to dodge all those things and then punch him and try to beat him, etc. But he just never could. So he switched to subterfuge. Subverfuge. Yeah, you, you said that right. And he just stabs him in the back with a syringe full of, I don't know what it is, but it's probably like tranquilizer. Also... He wants the suit, but I'm thinking that this syringe with stuff in it is going to leave a little mess in the suit that he's trying to get. Just a little bit. Just a little. So he walks in, and he forgot the programs. So next reset, he walks in. Everyone has programs, and they say Megan wanted flowers. Next scene, he resets. He walks in. Megan has flowers and candles. Everyone has programs, and he's ready with the suit. He still doesn't have the rings. <laughs> How is my boy so bad? So he gets the ring from a Dollar Tree and then gets hit by a car. Reset. Gets the rings, comes out, forgot his vows. And he crappies it. He's like, I love you. No, like, I, like, really love you. Like, I no, like no, you like, a lot. Like, like he, he just basically goes over and he's like, hey, like, can we talk? Because I just... I think you're really cool, and I like you a lot. Anyway, after these exchange of really crappy vows, everyone, everyone looks pretty mad at him, so he has to go on an adventure to find new vows. Wow. <laughs> and so he, he scouts out other weddings like a college day recruiter. He's asking them, you know, for tips and tricks. He's reading books by a park to try to find love. And now it's his turn for vows and it's the most overcomplicated AP Lang, powerful verbs with no meaning behind them type sentence in which he tries to express his feelings for five minutes straight with no actual, you know, saying of these words. He's just saying, you have passion and fire. Essentially, it's like me when I'm drugged up on 200 milligrams of caffeine and some Adderall at 2 in the morning trying to finish out my AP Lang essay. He's just throwing words in there. He has mm. no idea what they mean. You are passion. We are love. <laughs> you are beautiful. Marry me. Throwing in thesaurus words. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's trying to hit that word count, but it, it, it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll, 
It's better than the first one. And then, moment of truth, he turns. Benny says, you're ruining the mood. He says, Benny, shut up, yada, yada. They get in a fight. And then Benny drops the bomb that he went with a home. He went home with a girl that same night, the night before. Wait. So you're telling me that there is a wife, soon-to-be wife, that's way out of his league, a super obnoxious rich ex-boyfriend, a very hateful stepdad, or soon-to-be dad-in-law, whatever. And now we have a stranger in the bed? It's almost as if they've taken every template from every movie ever and just slammed them together. We're going to cut that. No, we're not. Okay. We're leaving it in. I want to leave and it And then in. in addition to that, Cody walks in with just his whitey tidies saying Rob stole a suit and he knocks over some candles and the church sets on fire. And so the bells ring again. Uh, Rob is ready to be reset, but he's no, it's not, not, not yet. And so he goes up to the top of the church, starts hitting the bells with a hammer and then just jumps on the bell while everyone's like leaving the building. They look up and they see him. And while he's grabbing the bell, it falls. And he falls like three and a half stories of some trash CGI. Like, I'm talking trash CGI. They obviously blew all of the budget on the fact that they had to hire so many extras. Yeah. Um, the CGI was awful. Like, like, actually like 2002 awful. I'd say even 2000. And he gets reset. So he has thoughts about ending the marriage because it I seems actually, that no one wants him to be, marry her. I actually think the movie would have been way funnier and had a better ending had he not reset and just died. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been a plot twist in a great movie, but no, of course we reset and it's whatever, whatever. I mean, uh, it's a Netflix movie. Yeah, main character can't die. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed. So he goes rogue. He snaggletooths a bike, steals it, and a bike jacket. He's chilling, and then he falls off the Manhattan Bridge. Anderson becomes like, or Mr. Anderson, becomes a little thief this entire movie. He's just causing chaos, stealing stuff and whatnot. Like, the main motive of him is to steal stuff to try to make his wedding better because he, like, his incompetence didn't allow him to, like, prepare for it properly. So he just goes around stealing stuff from a bunch of people. Anyways, he resets, and then he goes to a park, and he sees everyone making out tongues and tongues and lots of tongues i do not want to be in france when i watch this movie but it turns out everyone likes french kissing because we have 60 year olds 21 year olds and 30 year olds all doing the same thing in a public area this was an unnecessary part of the movie you remember when we said pda gets worse i think they just threw this in to annoy me there was no reason that this needed to be in there like at all like it didn't advance the plot in the slightest you could have just had couples holding hands and or, or going on dates. enjoying a nice picnic. I love picnics at the park, but that doesn't mean I'm trying to stick my tongue down some, like, uh, I, this, this was an unnecessary scene that aggravated me to a new level. Bless <coughs> you. Pineapple, 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 pin, pineapple, uh, apple, pin. Stop. Do you know that if you say pineapple under your breath before you sneeze that you actually won't sneeze? Shut up. <laughs> Leave this in. <laughs> 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 Dr. Hoffman's gonna kill us. No, it's fine. All right, just, we're gonna leave it in like a raw editing. Raw. Anyways, leave so the editing raw. After that, oh, we also learned that he makes friends with Brian McKnight, who apparently is some like singer or whatever. I don't know. 
Yeah. And he talks to his mom, whatever. Mom's like, you know, you got to do better, etc. And he learns. He goes back to his hotel and he sees the girl. And the girl's like, hey, remember me? I'm, Ca- I'm Callie from last night. And he's like, oh, what do we do? And she's like, oh, we literally just worked on your vows. But I thought it was some signal. But no, we literally just worked on your vows. And so someone actually hired her for her to, like, you know, ruin his marriage and, you know, do the naughty, naughty things with him. Yeah. And but, but they didn't even do the naughty, naughty. They didn't, he, though, and so he they just were wanted upset. to work on his vows. Yeah. And for someone that spent that whole night with a hired person to do his vows, they were still really bad. <laughs> yeah, they were very bad. And in addition, we learned that Vicky, which is Megan's best woman, or bridesmaid, excuse me, actually planned this out because she had a quote-unquote crush on uh, Rob and he went on a date with her first and then he met Megan and then he married Megan. So at this point we realize that not everything that's happened has been Rob's fault. Only most of it. A lot of people are out to get him and everyone seems to hate the fact that he's trying to marry Megan. Which, honestly, I can get on board with. Mm -hmm. He seems like a pretty awful dude just in general but everyone's out to get him. So all this was set up and planned and Everyone hates him and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, so Vicky threw him in an elevator and then left, and then the elevator got jammed because she dropped a bunch of keys in it. And so, reset. My man is, my man has a plan to just go. He is so efficient. Boom, gets out of the elevator quickly, puts on clothes, runs the race for like half a mile, asks some officers for help. They get a motor motorcyclist escort because he's friends with the motorcyclist now, apparently. And they're going, whatever, it's a cop scene, and the cops are, you know, having fun, whipping it, going through the suburbs, going through some woods, going through all these places, the back alleys, etc. And they make it, and he's in his suit, and Mr. Swoop says he still wants Cody to marry Megan. In which Rob drops the bomb that he listened to Cody trying to buy out Mr. Swoop over the telephone, and Kobe's like, yeah, I did. And then he walks off. And then uh, Mr. Swoop walks off. Rob convinces him to come back with his saying that, hey, I know marriage is the long hours, but, you know, Megan needs a father, she needs a groom, etc. And he still doesn't have the rings. But luckily, he gets Mr. Swoop's ring for his wife. And so he uses Megan's mom's ring to marry her. And so that's basically the end of the movie. They do their first dance, you know. They have fun. Brian McKnight or whatever sings for them. And I guess they had a happy marriage after Is that. Is Brian McKnight a singer like, I don't know. in real life? I don't know. Because if we were supposed to know who he was, I didn't. Me neither. But that's probably because the budget was poor. Anyways. I'm unsure. Hmm. Jesus. Aneurysm. I'm unsure who this movie was, like, directed towards audience-wise. Because there's a lot of, like, references that seemed pop culture-ish. But then there was a lot of, like, older references. And also, like... Because, like, Groundhog's Day is an older movie. But there was a lot of, like, I think there's supposed to be, like, a pop culture Groundhog's Day. But it didn't really, like, land anywhere on the, like, audience spectrum. So I don't know who they were trying to write this for, but I just just don't think it it went well. It definitely did not. But let's go on to some ratings. So for theme, I gave it a 10 out of 20. Again, we're comparing these to Netflix originals, so comparing it to The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, and or Hacksaw Ridge, again, the cinematography is pretty poor. But overall, the theme, cinematography, acting, characters, plot, etc., in comparison to other Netflix movies, are all right. 
So the theme, I gave a 10 out of 20. Cinematography, I gave a 14 out of 20. It was pretty good. It was better than Tall Girl, Kissing Booth, etc. Not as good as A Whisker Away, but it was good. Acting, I gave a 4 out of 20. Rob Anderson, he tried too much to be like Jim Carrey with his facial expressions, over-exaggerating everything. It just got annoying at some point. It's not his thing. He's not a good actor. And it was just boring. In addition, the you know sub-characters are horrible actors. The characters, though, overall, I gave an 8 out of the 20. They were all right. They weren't that good. They weren't that bad. It's just generic. For plot, I gave a 2 out of 20. Not original. Groundhog Day is better. And my total score for this is a 38, which puts it above Tall Girl, A Kissing Booth, and that's it. <laughs> it's just barely better than those. But I wouldn't say it's as good as The Platform and or A Whisker Away. Barrett, what about you? Moving now. Sorry, I had to pull up our little spreadsheet of my ratings. Um, so I actually gave the total for this movie a 42. We're just going to do the total first, and then I'll explain why. Which places it above a kissing booth, right around Tall Girl, and then below a platform and below a whisker away. Um, characters, I go seven. It was very basic, you know, obnoxious rich ex-boyfriend. You have the resentful like dad and then the wife who's way out of the league and then a hateful bridesmaid it was it, it was okay i gave them a seven just because it was unoriginal but they did fine acting i give an eight i thought it was funny enough it wasn't that funny i didn't laugh a lot but i feel like if they were less funny it made this movie bad or worse because it already is bad so the acting was an eight Cinematography was relatively the same as the kissing booth in the way that it did what it needed to do. There wasn't anything special. There wasn't anything awful. If the cinematography was too good, it would have been weird. If it was really awful, it would have been weird. So just a nice, a nice middle line. Nice middle line is fine. Theme was a 12. I like the whole learning lessons about your wife and whatnot and learning how to be a proper husband and learning that violence and stealing and whatnot is in the way or whatever. It was a fine theme. It was okay. Now we're on to plot. Oh boy, did I hate this plot. They just stole... I love Groundhog Day. That's why I don't like this movie so much because that movie is so good and this movie does awful things to my brain. Plot was a one because I cannot give it a zero. I can't give it a zero, so I give it a one out of 20. One out of 20. It was bad. It was so bad. They just stole Groundhog Day, but made it worse. The plot was unfunny. The only reason this movie had a little bit of humor was because of some like cringy dialogue and the actors were okay. Unfunny plot, bad plot, unoriginal plot, just really honed in this movie for me. So I gave it a 42. Puts it near the bottom of our rankings, only a little bit above a kissing booth and a little bit below a whisker away. Right on the line with Tall Girl. Platform has still been the best thing that we've reviewed so far, I believe. We'll, we'll, we'll do a good movie soon. We'll, we'll do a good one. Because I'm tired of these... Relative to Netflix originals, Relati- we'll find a good yeah. one. We've been searching, yeah. y'all. It, it, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to find a good Netflix original. But we'll, we'll do a good one soon. Because I'm tired of watching all these unoriginal POSs that I can't stand. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. This is... The sphere of Netflix, the good, the bad, and the even worse. My name is Wolf Lig. My name is Barrett Fagan. And thank you so much for tuning in. Please do send in suggestions at our social media page. Thanks for listening. And our... (laughs)
Thanks for listening. Webpage at sphereofnetflix.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening.